In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In a way, our Gospel text for this morning isn't just a historical account of one of Christ's miracles. It's also a summary of the history of the Church. A summary of Christ proclaiming His power over Satan to believers in every generation, even when they stumble and fall. So you heard the details of this miracle a few moments ago. Jesus is up on the mountain praying. He's keeping his distance from the disciples as a storm overtakes them on the sea. And he keeps his distance for some time. But then he comes to them walking on water in a display of his power over the storm, something that bewilders them and makes them think he's a ghost. In faith, Peter rushes to him on the water, but as the storm Jesus is currently subduing thrashes around him, Peter begins to doubt and sink, only for Christ to lift him up in mercy. That's what happens for those specific men in that specific moment in history. But if we take a step back, it's quite clear how this is also a picture of how Jesus has ruled his church throughout the history of mankind and how he will continue to rule his church throughout history. This is all a picture of the entire history of God and his people, Old Testament and New, past, present, and future. So, our Lord seems to be far off, lifted up high and away from us as his people get torn apart by the various storms below. Satan thrashes around them, hurling at them sin and sorrow. He comes to them in various forms, threatening to devour them with temptation, hatred, and cruelty, all the while screaming at them to abandon the God who seems to have abandoned them. And when Jesus comes, there in that moment of spiritual confusion, false teaching abounds. But the Lord remains merciful. Because all the while, this storm is God's storm. It's the storm that our Lord controls, the storm He can turn up and down, the storm He keeps on a leash, the storm that cannot howl one decibel louder than He wills. And in a moment of mercy, our Lord comes to His people, battered on the ship of the church, showing His power over the storm who perceive Him in a spirit of confusion. And yet, He shows that they have nothing to fear. He shows them that every demonic thrashing surrounding them is trapped underneath his victorious feet. The feet of the Lord who has come to rescue them from everything that troubles them, every persecution, every temptation, all sin and death and condemnation. And even when they doubt amidst their faith, even when they say that the waters don't frighten them and then sink back into them through unbelief, our Lord comes to their aid, lifting them up from the deep, restoring them, comforting them with His promise of salvation. In all things, the storm is always God's storm. He controls it. He declares when it will end and give way to His endless mercy. This is the story 
of God giving Adam and Eve the promise of the Messiah in the Garden of Eden after their fall into sin plunged them, back, plunged them into the depths of despair. This is the story of God forgiving his people after Moses came down from the mountaintop and found them worshiping a golden calf surrounded by spiritual confusion even after the Lord had come to their aid. This is the story of God restoring David with the word of forgiveness after David sank into the waters of unbelief through his adultery. This is the story of St. Paul being pulled out of the storm of hatred and seeing the love of Christ with new eyes and continuing to see it with new eyes every time our Lord called him out of despair. This is the story of early Christians enduring the persecution of the Roman Empire. It's the story of Luther clinging to the gospel amidst the murderous threats of the Holy Roman Empire and the Pope. It's the story of the church throughout all time. The story of the tossed about yet enduring ship that survives the assaults of persecution and sin and false teaching throughout history. And it's your story. It's the story of God's love for you right now, in this very moment. So there you were on the ship of the church, battered by the storm of sorrows. There you were with Satan hounding you and screaming to you that your Savior is too far away to hear your cries, that it's up to you to find peace, that you are the one who has to figure out how to overcome the storm and drive him away. Look at how weak you are, the devil howled at you. Look at how it is that you keep giving in to these same sins over and over again. You rely on your strength to overcome temptation and you fail time and time again. You have no self-control. You can't keep these vile thoughts out of your head or those hateful words off of your tongue. You cannot protect yourself from your lust, your greed, your anger, your pride, your bitterness. Why would you even bother fighting against the storm? You can't win. Look at all of this hardship outside of you, the devil screams. Look at all this death in the world. All the people you love being swallowed up by pain and dragged into the grave despite your prayers. Look at how it is that you beg for Jesus to transform this world into something holy and it seems to only be becoming more wicked. Why doesn't he just part the heavens and speak up and come to your aid? Why doesn't he restore your flesh, dry your tears right now in this instance? He doesn't know you. He doesn't care about you. You might as well surrender. Look at all these people surrounding you who say they have the truth, Satan says, as you gather in the church, as you come to hear the word of salvation, to find comfort, as you want to have your Lord appear to you. The devil looks at you and says, look, there are all these people in the world who all claim to know the answers to these big questions about God and eternal life. What do you have that they don't have? What use is your Bible when there's no voice from the heavens that we can all hear to back it up. If you really were right about all of this Jesus stuff, why doesn't he just appear before all of us? Why don't we get that phantasmal appearance of the God who will answer all of our questions? 
You have no reason to have any certainty, no reason to believe you know the answers. Why don't you just give up? If Jesus is truly your Lord, why doesn't he part the heavens and answer everyone's questions and so that we can all believe this stuff that you're not really so sure you actually believe? And in all of this, the devil is saying to you, where is your God who's supposed to protect you? He's up off on some mountain far away from the storm, uninterested in you, not willing to come to your aid, not willing to answer your questions or your prayers, and not keeping those promises that you want him to keep. So the devil says to you, do you want me to stop? Do you want to get away from a world that makes you feel worthless all the time because you cling to some savior who's not even answering you? Just give up. Do you want to overcome me? Then you try out, you, then you come out onto these waters. Come leave the ark of the church because you can't withstand my storm. You're going to sink eventually. You might as well do it now. That's what Satan has declared to you. Knowing all the while that you would fail as long as you trusted in yourself. And the second he overwhelmed you with temptation, despair, hardship, and confusion, he would pull you into the depths, pull you away from the church, consume you, and drag you into condemnation. But then, Jesus came to your aid. The one whose appearance confused you comes to you with a word of comfort. At exactly the right moment, your Lord comes down from the mountain and shows you that this storm is not something that you need to conquer because the storm that the devil is raging around you is not really even the devil's storm. It's the storm that is under the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus comes to you walking on water, showing you the power of Satan can never overwhelm you because you belong to the one who has overwhelmed him. There, in the word of the scriptures, in the word of salvation, Jesus shows you how you have conquered everything, every sin, every temptation, every wind of guilt that howled around you. Jesus stood on top of them with the feet of forgiveness that crushed Satan in his crucifixion. Every wailing tear of sorrow that surrounded you over death and disease, Jesus stood on top of them with the feet that triumphantly walked out of the tomb, promising you a glorious resurrected body of your own, a body that will never again be subject to pain, that will never belong to disease, that will never be torn apart by grief. This is the promise that Christ gave to you and all who believe in him. The hatred and the persecution of this world cannot overcome those who belong to the one who has already overcome the world. And with that same victory, Jesus proclaims to you, you do not need to be a slave to spiritual confusion. Every biting wind of doubt Every fear that you don't really know things that you think you know. 
every fear you have that you don't actually have the right answers, that Jesus isn't real, that you have nothing to cling to, that he's never going to come down that mountain. Our Lord ended those fears when he came down that mountain to you in the sacraments. So there, in the waters of holy baptism, our Lord showed how he has conquered the raging waters of this world the peaceful waters that claimed you as his own child. There in those waters, Jesus proclaimed to you, it doesn't matter how many false teachers surround the church. It doesn't matter how many people in this world invent their own gods. It doesn't matter how many people tell you that you can't possibly have the right way to truth when there are 10 trillion paths that have been carved out in this world. Jesus says you don't need to worry about that for a moment because you didn't carve the path to me. I carved the path to you. I walked this path to you through the river of salvation where I have now claimed you. I'm not far away. I'm here in these waters. I am yours. I am exactly the one I told you I am, the nail-pierced Son of God who has made you my brother. So don't be afraid. Through the sacrament of the altar, Jesus shows you that no matter how many liars may surround you, no matter how much spiritual confusion may reign in this life, spiritual confusion is no match for spiritual truth, the truth that Jesus has poured out upon you in his flesh and blood. So when you kneel at this altar, your Lord has now declared to you the body of Christ given to you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Come feast on God himself as God stand himself walks upon the storm that cannot rip you away from him. That's everything our Lord has declared to you. And through faith you ran to him. You walked upon the water to rush into the arms of your Savior to find comfort and peace, to trample those same demonic lies under your own feet, to rejoice that the day is coming when all of your sorrows will be gone forever. But then, like Adam and Eve, like God's people throughout their history, the Israelites in all of their doubt and despair and idolatry, like Peter in his sorrow, you look out and the devil in one last ditch effort to destroy you tries to rattle you and surround you with grief and sorrow. He once again shows you all of the persecutions and hatred, all of the viciousness of this world that our Lord has already conquered as our Lord is standing upon the waters. Satan frightens you with the waters that have already been conquered. And in foolishness, you begin to sink. Those same doubts and fears come swirling back. And as you feel yourself sinking, you start to doubt even more, thinking to yourself, how could Jesus love someone like me? Someone whose faith is rattled so easily, someone who has been surrounded by his gifts countless times in my life, and yet countless times I go back and back and back to death and despair and fear. And yet, in that moment, as you ask yourself, how could Jesus possibly love someone whose faith is as brittle and fleeting and worthless as mine? Our Lord reaches out to you. 
there in that moment, don't ask yourself, how could God love someone like me? Ask yourself, does God love someone like me? And in the hand of Peter, lifted up from the deep, you have your answer. Right now, today, through the same word that has always saved the church and that will always save you, Jesus hears your cry for mercy and lifts you up from the deep. The one who has conquered Satan on the surface shows that he has conquered Satan below as well. Jesus pulls you up by your hand and asks you, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? In other words, Jesus is declaring to you today through his word, though you were not strong enough to overcome the storm, I am, and I always will be, because the storm never really belonged to the devil. The storm has always been mine. The storm can never blow one more degree or one more kilometer an hour, I don't know why I said kilometer, mile per hour of wind. The storm cannot do anything apart from what I allow it to do. And the storms of this life do not have my permission to destroy you. So be at peace. You are mine forever. Don't doubt. Don't be afraid. As the winds howl around you, as the devil tries to destroy your faith, come join me as we mock him together. Come walk with me in victory atop the storm of sorrows that will never consume you because I will always love you.